Hello and welcome to Church at the Bridge. Thank you so much for checking out our weekly sermon podcast. Today is week two of our current series, This Changes Everything. And the title of today's message is Listening Ears. We pray that you guys enjoy today's word. Amen. Good morning. How you doing? Go ahead and give somebody a high five. Tell them I am glad you are here. Now, I want you to do something with me. I want you to do something with me because right now you're following some instructions, right? But I want you to lean in with the ear that you listen with. Husbands, let me give you a clue. It's the one that you use when you actually are listening, right? The rest of us, you know what I'm talking about, right? So I want you to cup that ear, right? Go ahead, cup it with me, go ahead, right? And tell somebody, I'm ready to receive to listen, to to embrace, and to do what God's Word has to say to me today. Amen. All right, so look, you sound good. It looks good. But let's see where we're at after we get done with this one. Is that all right? I got a good word for you guys this morning. Last week, we started a new series entitled, This Changes Everything. You know, the Bible's rich with truth. It's rich with wisdom and guidance. And this truth and this wisdom and this guidance is meant to instill and impact change in us. God's word really does have a lot to say about where you are and where he wants to take you. Amen? Amen. Some of you agree with that. All right. Don't worry about it. But today I want you to consider this issue of change. See, change is something that we all need. Can I get an amen on that one? Okay. Some of you agree with that. Some of you don't. That's all right. Change is something that we all need, and yet we all have different responses to it. For some of us, we welcome it. For others, we resist it. And for some of us, we even delay it a little bit, right? But here's the thing. When we're confronted with the need for change, our natural tendency is to think about what's to come, right? That's where the stories get created, right? Our natural tendency is to think about what's required, We think about what's it going to cost me. We also think about what it's going to take from my life, right? Some things that we might hold on to. But the reality is is that if we're going to consider change, we should consider what God is trying to take us towards. God's leading us somewhere. And so today I want to talk to you on the topic of listening ears. Listening ears. Now remember, you said that you're ready to listen, right? I'm not asking you, listen, let me, let me be very clear. I'm not even asking you to believe anything based on what I tell you. That's not what I'm asking you. That's not what I'm after. I'm asking you simply to consider the truth that you hear from God's word and use it as a mirror to reflect your life and look at what you see and then make a choice on what God is speaking to you. Is that all right? Cool. So, Today, as I said, we're talking about listening ears. Look, listening plays a powerful aspect of life as we know it. It has the power to clarify misunderstandings. It can bridge the gap between opposing stances. It can help pave a way to peace. It reveals truth, and it can do away with the distance that we often create by not listening. Now, because we can all appreciate 
the simplicity of that definition and the need for uh, listening, I want you to consider this. How much more powerful it is for us to listen to God. To listen to God. See, God's always speaking. And so, as we kind of dive in today, I want to just kind of propose some things to you. And I want to start off, kind of want to prime the pump. I'm I'm kind of like a Q-tip right now. I'm helping to clear out your hearing a little bit. All right? That's nasty, right? I'm sorry. I got a graphic mind. You know, I'm whatever. Anyway, check out Romans 10, 17. Starting at Romans 10, 17, it says, consequently, in other words, therefore, in other words, pay attention to this. There's a reason for this. It says, faith comes from hearing. It comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. So I want you to kind of think about this verse for a second. It says that the faith that we have The faith that we appropriate, the faith that we put into God comes by means of something. And this isn't the type of hearing like, you know, when you're kind of just going, yeah, I hear you. I'm just not listening. Right? It's interesting, but this word hearing in in the original Greek language talks of giving audience. In other words, it's like I'm at a show and you have my full attention. I'm keenly aware of everything you're saying and doing. I'm hanging on every thread of what you're offering. It talks about giving audience to the message. And so see, the faith that we have is not possible without listening. I'll put it to you this way. Listening ears make a lifestyle of faith in Christ possible. Listen, relationship with God has nothing to do with your behavior and how much you change for God. If it was dependent upon you and I to change something for God, then we don't need God. We are God. And we'll just change it ourselves. But it doesn't work that way. See, attempting to live by faith of our own will and actions makes relationship with Christ difficult. Matter of fact, it makes it impossible because it's based on us. It leads to frustration and weariness because it's based on our behavior. And this is where most people begin in their walk with Christ. We try to modify behaviors. And it isn't until we give audience and pay attention to what God is saying that faith begins to produce change. I don't know about you, but I've been in some places where I've been stuck. Everything looks good on the outside. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? Somebody says, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Lies. We are lying through our teeth. No, I'm not. I'm hurting. I'm stuck. I'm frustrated. Life's not making sense. Nothing's happening. Here's the key. Listen. Listen to God. Listen to what he has to say to you. Galatians chapter 3 verse 5 tells us that therefore he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you. Does he do it by the works of the law? I'll translate that for you. Does that person do it by what they do in response to God so that they can feel like they're all right with God? That's religion what it's talking about. He says no. He says or by the hearing of faith. I want you to see something here that listening ears 
Open the door to the supply of God's spirit and his miracle working power. Anybody been wanting some sort of breakthrough in life? Wave at me. Anybody looking for some change, right? Maybe you're feeling stuck at some point, right? Put that scripture back up. I want you to see something, that there is a supply, there is a reservoir, there is a reserve available to you and I. It's the spirit of God and his miracle working power. But watch what unleashes it. Hearing. Listening. Are you listening? Are you listening? Proverbs 4, verse 1 says, Hear, O children, the instruction of a father, and pay attention, and be willing to learn so that you may gain understanding and intelligent discernment. Now, the father here in the book of Proverbs is God the Father. And here's what God's saying. Hey, just listen to what I am saying to you because it will give you understanding. It will provide you discernment. You know what discernment is? It's insight into the details that you can't perceive on your own. That's what discernment is. Discernment is wisdom and revelation from God that gives you keys, that opens your understanding so that you know how to perceive when naturally speaking it doesn't make sense, it won't work out, but you're walking with God and everything works out in your favor. That's discernment. But watch how discernment comes. Here. Listen. Proverbs 1 33 puts it this way. It says, but all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. Listening ears, they lead to peace and security in times of trouble. You ever find yourself in one of those those spaces in life where it's kind of like everything that was supposed to go right didn't go right. It's going wrong. You're possibly even blaming God. You're blaming people. You're blaming circumstances. You're blaming systems. It's everybody else's fault. And then you get to that place where you just get real with yourself. And you say this. I should have just listened. You know, sometimes God speaks right through people. But that's sometimes. But here's what you can bank on always. There is a God who is loving and near, and present always, and he's always speaking to you. He's always reaching out. He's always talking. I don't believe that any of us here are here by coincidence. I honestly believe that, don't mind Jose, I'm nothing special. I honestly believe that God's speaking to you and me, because this goes for me too. I'm preaching to me. I'm my best audience. The careful reflection of these initial scriptures that we're looking at teaches us something. It teaches us that listening to God produces change that is desirable. I mean, come on. Who doesn't want miracle working power in their life? Who doesn't want discernment and wisdom? Who doesn't want breakthrough, right? Who doesn't want answers? Every one of us wants that. Here's the key. Listen to God. It reminds me of a story I heard about a while back. It says that the U.S. Federal Aviation Administration, they have a unique device for testing the strength of windshields on airplanes before they approve them to fly. The device is a gun that launches a dead chicken 
at a plane's windshield at approximately the same speed that a plane flies at full capacity. And the theory is that if the windshield doesn't crack from the carcass's impact, then the plane will survive a real collision with a bird during flight. And so the way the story goes, the British were very intent on this, and they wanted to test this windshield uh, of a brand new speedy train that they were developing. And so they contacted the FAA inquiring about the chicken launcher. They wanted to know how they went about conducting their testing and if they could even borrow it so that they could test their new train's windshield. And so they borrowed the FAA's chicken launcher and loaded the chicken and they fired it. The ballistic chicken shattered the windshield, broke the engineer's chain, embedded itself in the back of the wall of the engine's cab. And the British were stunned, wondering what went wrong, what did we do wrong? And so they reached out to the FAA and they asked them to recheck the steps they took, the test to see if everything was done correctly. The FAA came in with their suits and their bags and everything, all official, right? They flew in on the red line, red eye all the way out there, and they get there, and they, they inspect the whole test. They spend days looking at all this. And then their final conclusion was one recommendation. The next time you do this, use a thawed chicken. <laughs> Listen closely. Listen closely. When you're listening to God, it changes your life for the better. When you're not, it leads to destructive results. So, listen to God. It might just save one of your windshields from a chicken coming through it, right? Today I want to point your attention for the next couple of moments that I have, and we're really going to just dive into this area. We may look at a few other scriptures, but I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter 4. In the book of Mark chapter 4, we find Jesus teaching in parables. What does that mean, Jose? Here's what it means. He's teaching in simplistic, plain analogies. He's using stories. He's using the elements around him, all to reveal truth. But not just any truth, it's for the purpose of teaching people and enlightening us to the ways of God's kingdom. How does this work? How do I do this life with God? How does God see me and how do I respond to God? And what does this tell me about who I am and the life that I'm leading and where he wants me to go? And so Jesus is teaching in parables and he's surrounded, he's at a lake and he's surrounded by a crowd of people. It got so packed that Jesus looks at a guy and he goes, hey man, I need your boat. Sits in the guy's boat and they pull out and he's teaching them from the lake while he's sitting. And as he begins to teach them, as we'll see, he starts by making clear the response that he's looking to elicit from all those there. In other words, the purpose of his teaching. What's he getting at? And in Mark chapter 4 verse 3, it gives us insight with a couple of little words. He starts off by saying this, listen. Listen, Linda, listen. Some of you ain't see that one on YouTube a couple of years ago. Got you. Listen. A farmer went out to sow his seed. 
as we'll read in a second, Jesus literally has just summarized the entirety of of what he's about to teach. And I get it, for some of us, we look at the Bible abstractly, we look at it in third person, we're not in it, that's someone else's story, but what I'm saying to you is that this is your story and my story. You'll see it very soon. And in this parable, what we see as we get started here is that Jesus is aiming to enlighten people to something. And here's, I'll tell you, I'll give you the big shebang. I'll wrap it all up for you by saying this. He wants people like you and me and those that were there to know the importance and power of God's word and how it produces change for life. And so here's what he does. He wisely depicts God, who is the sower in the story, as a farmer who sows his word like a seed into the lives of people. So Jesus states that the farmer scatters his seed and it lands in various places. It lands in various places. Look, some of it fell by the road and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground where there wasn't much soil and it immediately sprang up because the soil had no depth. When the sun came up, it dried and it withered and it died. Some of the seed fell among thorns and the thorns came up and choked it and and it yielded no growth. And some, some of that seed fell into good soil and it grew and it increased and it yielded fruit. So much so was the fruit that some of that seed that started as one ended up reproducing 30-fold of its initial amount, another 60, another 100. I want you to consider something here that what's clear in Jesus sharing this parable is that he is not only telling them this parable, he's performing it. He's performing it, which tells us something, that like the people listening there, we're the ground. With the ground. That's an important point. So at the conclusion of this parable, when he shares this analogy, Jesus states, he who has ears to hear. Somebody say, that's me. I hope so. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. In essence, Jesus is saying this, because he's not talking about the hearing that we do, guys. Right? Not us, fellas, not how we listen, right? (laughs) Thank you, brother, for just bringing that to life and throwing the rest of us under the bus. But here's what Jesus is saying. He who's listening, let him hear. Let him hear. Let him hear and heed my words. By this, Jesus teaches us that listening to God requires a desire to go beyond hearing. I can guarantee you this, as we're going to see. We just read about four types of grounds which are illustrative of our lives. And the thing about it is that you will find this in life in general. Get this. God is sowing seed. He's speaking. He's reaching. And for some of us here today, it's possible that you're just 
Hard ground. I don't want to hear it. Oh, I'll hear it, but I don't want anything to do with it. For some of us, as we'll see when we break down the parable, we're the stony ground. And some things happen, but it quickly dies. For some of us, with a seed that's with a ground where the seed is sown and there's thorns there. And it gets choked out of our life. But then there's some of us that are good soil. I got good news for you. Because I know what it is to be that person who says, I'm gonna mess up. I'm no good. I got too many issues. I got too much baggage, and we disqualify ourselves and say, I'm the hard ground. No, 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 listen closely. You're here in the hearing of God's word. And I want you to see something, that no matter where you've been, no matter what you struggle with, you qualify to receive all that God has for your life. You qualify. He's sowing into your life right now. And here's what that also tells us. You're meant to produce good fruit. But you see, the best news is that you can make a choice to be good ground. You don't have to stay there. But it requires going beyond hearing. You ever been in one of those conversations with someone and you heard what they were saying? I mean, you're hearing them. Well, you start by listening, and then all of a sudden, like, you find yourself, like, in Aruba somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you, man. Yo, real, man. It, that's awesome. Praise God. Hallelujah. This is exactly what Jesus is getting at. Everyone hears, but not everyone listens. Let me, let me ask you a question for personal reflection. Have you been hearing God at the expense of listening to what he's saying to you? I'm going to say that again. Have you been hearing God? In other words, I hear what the word says. I even hear that God is good. I even hear that God has good purposes for my life. I even hear some of the truth in God's word. I hear it. But in your hearing, are you doing it at the expense of really listening? It's a choice to listen. You got to go deeper. See, hearing God and listening to him are totally different. And wherever you find yourself, there's no condemnation. But there is truth. And truth will set you free if you choose it today. So the Bible says that after the fact, the disciples, man, these guys are perplexed. They've been rolling with this guy, Jesus, for a while now, and, and, and what he's talking about doesn't make sense. They're like, bro, what is, what is he talking about? Why, why, what does it mean? What's the story all about? What, what is he getting at? So the Bible says that the disciples, they go to Jesus and they ask him, hey, what's, what's this all about? What, what, what's the meaning of this? What are you getting at? Mark chapter 4, 11 tells us that Jesus said to them, the mystery of the kingdom of God has been given to you who have teachable hearts, but those who are outside, the unbelievers, the spiritually blind, get everything in parables. Here's what he's saying. 
there are those that all it is is just a good story, a good example even. But then there are those that perceive the truth in what I'm saying. And I want you to see something. Jesus said that the mysteries of the kingdom are yours. belong to you. You're not here by happenstance. They are yours. There's something that God wants you to know. See, Jesus was giving them and us keys to life in God's kingdom while on earth, but they could not perceive it with their natural minds. These guys had to go deeper than what they were hearing. See, unless your search for truth in Christ doesn't take you deeper than what you're hearing... It will not bring growth into your life. If all you do from this point forward is say, good sermon, preacher. If all you can say is, well, my pastor says, you've missed the point. God is not interested in secondhand relationship. God is personal. He speaks directly to you because he loves you. He's closer than a brother. And he's been with you all this time speaking, reaching, calling. So don't seek truth from God's word to improve upon the life you have. Seek it to discover a new one, a better one. God's not interested in giving you an upgrade on your old mindsets. He's not interested in just some habits changing. He's not interested in just you rearranging some things to change some circumstances. God's intent upon leading you into a new way of life. It's called the abundant life. It's called the blessed life. It's where you rise every day because you know you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It's where you are confident and secure. It's where, you, where people see mountains, you see molehills. It's where people tell you you can't, you say, I must. So Jesus says to them, Mark, in Mark 13, he, he, he kind of he gives them some insight into what's happening for those who aren't listening. What, 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 what's, what's happening here? And he teaches them something too that, that, that helps us. In Mark 4.13 he says, it says, then he said to them, do you not understand this parable? In other words, wait, you, you don't get this? He says, how will you understand and grasp the meaning of all the parables? Watch what Jesus is saying. If you can't grasp this, you can't receive anything else that the kingdom has to offer. You know what he's saying? If you can't listen, you won't get anything else. There's no growth. There's no change. You know what that, you know what that is? That's life relegated to a hamster wheel. You're running in the same spot thinking you're going somewhere. Check me out. I'm, I'm good. And you are stuck 
going nowhere fast. So let's dig into this parable for the next few moments that I have here as we wrap up. In Mark 4, 14 through 20, it records Jesus' explanation, not just to them but to us. It says, the sower sows the word of God, the good news regarding the way of salvation. These in the first group are the ones along the road where the word is sown. But when they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. In a similar way, these in the second group are the ones on whom the seed was sown on rocky ground, who when they hear the word immediately, they receive it with joy, but accept it only superficially. And they have no real root in themselves, and so they endure only for a little while. Then when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, immediately they are offended and displeased at being associated with me and stumble and fall away. And others are the ones on whom seed was sown among the thorns. And these are the ones who have heard the word. But the worries and cares of the world, the distractions of this age with its worldly pleasures and the deceitfulness, the false security or glamour of wealth or fame, and the passionate desires for all the other things creep in and choke out the word. And it becomes unfruitful. And those in the last group, are the ones on whom seed was sown on the good soil. And they hear the word of God, the good news regarding the way of salvation, and they accept it and they bear fruit 30, 60, and 100 times as much as was sown. And so Jesus, his explanation reveals four levels of listening, four types of listeners, but only one of them brings true and long-lasting change. Only one of them can expect true and long-lasting change. We should note that the condition of each listener described does not deter the sower from sowing seed. I'm going to tell you that's good news. Because no matter where you're at, no matter what you believe, no matter what you're going through, whether you believe in Jesus or don't, whether you're listening to God or you're not, whether you're aware that he's always been present, always loved you, always had the best purposes for you, whether you know that or not, he's always been sowing seed. Because you were created to be fruitful. I could end my sermon right there. Should I stop? Okay. Got room for another 35 points? No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I know, I know. Some of us, we, you know, we're thinking about Denny's or wherever it is that you go. Don't do Denny's. Perkins. And so listen, we got to consider the practicality of what Jesus is saying. That he loves us so much. That he sows seed into our life, but the truth is that it's our choice to listen. And so the first seed is the seed along the path. These seeds are those that land on the path along the side. Careful study of scriptures reveals that what this is alluding to is a practice that was incorporated back in those days where people had land. And there were these roads, but there was a lot of travel and commerce and different things that happened there. And so what, what landowners would do is that along the side of their property, they would create a trail. 
They'd clear it out, and people could walk there as a courtesy. How kind, right? It's what they called, what we call sidewalks today. That's what they had then. They were just made out of dirt. And so, the thing about these, this, this path along the side is that nothing grew there. And the reason why nothing grew there is because it was ground that was trampled upon. It was hard. And so it was so packed in with dirt. It was so packed in, so compacted by so much pressure that had been exerted upon it that while it could absorb some moisture, it was so hard at its foundation that anything that was sown there would not grow. So what we see here is this, that the sower, he sows seed. But for the hard heart, for the person who rejects and outrightly decides whether on purpose or not, that there's no room for what God has to say in their life, that it's not even an option. And if it is an option, it's a casual one. For that person... Nothing can grow. In Matthew 13, verses 15 through 16, we see this through the eyes of Matthew. And he says this, this same parable. It says that Jesus, as he's teaching, he says about the people who cannot hear, the hard heart. He says, for this people's heart has become calloused. The King James puts it this way, it became wax gross. What that's talking about is a process where a candle, would you'd start off with just a string. And you would dip it. And it would have wax. And then you would dip it again, and it would have wax. And you would dip it, and eventually it would start getting so thick that, voila, we have a candle. So watch this. For this people's heart has become calloused, or wax gross. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Get this. Healing is available. Change is available. Solutions are present. The Word of God is active. It's working. But watch this. For the person that grows hard to the extent that they can't hear the Word, And thus, Satan can just snatch it out of their lives. Here's what's happening. I'd rather be immersed here in all that takes my time, my devotion, my attention, my love, this world's way of thinking, the systems that exist. I'd rather do all that. and be immersed right here. And thus, that person grows hard. The thing about it is this. Nobody starts off planning to be hard towards God. But it slowly and casually occurs. And before you know it, nothing's growing. Nothing's growing. Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 2 through 5 says this. It says, people who will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control. They'll be brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying its power have nothing to do with these people. 
Listen to what the scripture says about the person who's hardened. The person who's hardened. What we see here by example is this, is the person who chooses themselves. It's about me, 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 and only me. It's It's all about me. It's all about my desires, my wants. It's all about, got, got no room for truth. Got no room for wisdom. Got no room for instruction. And they grow callous. See, hardness to hear God begins with the pursuit of self. And you know what's crazy about this? The scripture clearly states that this, this is a person who's a Christian. Listen. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power. You know what that, you know what that means? They come to church dressed in a leather jacket <laughs> with a collar shirt with a sweater, some shoes and some jeans. They sing the part. They act the part. They even look the part. And listen, they might even preach the part. Get this, it's a form of godliness that denies the power of God. Don't go by what you see and don't fool yourself by what you project. The second example that Jesus gives us, the second person is the seeds on the rocky ground. And these seeds are those that land on the ground that contains very little soil and has many rocks. And so because the seed has no soil, no depth of soil to embed its roots into, watch this, it takes root superficially on the rocks. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And because the roots are exposed to the sun and the elements, they wither thereby killing the seed. Simply put, this is a depiction of the person who's open to God so long as it's superficial. According to the words of Jesus from this example, what we see is that a superficial relationship with God cannot produce long-lasting results. It will not. A superficial approach to God will produce the appearance of a relationship. But get this. Here's the kicker. Here's where the rubber meets the road. Everything that you're hoping to change, every promise that you're holding on to, and I'm waiting on you, waiting on you. I'm patiently waiting on you. Some of you are too young for that. That's like way, 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 way back. Listen, everything that you're holding on to, Every form of godliness leads to decay. Nothing grows. Now get this. The seed takes a hold of the rocks which are on the surface. What does that tell us? That in life, for some of us, maybe what we're doing is holding on to things that are superficial to begin with. Oh, but you don't understand how deep, how deep our love is in place of God. 
That's pretty shallow in my opinion. You don't understand how much I love this area of my life. At the expense of God and what he's trying to do in your life, it's superficial all the way around. So if you long to go deeper, get this. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 2 and 3 says this. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. This young 25-year-old guy has a five-month-old grandson. Five and a half months to be exact. But, I mean, I think that's a pretty cool fact. (laughs) No, listen, listen, seriously. This grandson of mine, David Joshua, he, uh, you know, he, up until recently, he's grown up literally on breast milk. It's all he's been having. But now he's at that stage where, you know, you got to start giving him some substance, something else. So my daughter-in-law, Hannah, she always sends us videos, and there's a lot of firsts that we get to see, and some of them we actually witness them in person. So a while back, a couple of weeks ago, she sent us a video of him tasting cereal with his milk for the very first time, you know, the organic baby cereal. And so... She, she, he's, he's all excited. She's got the spoon, and she gives it to him, and he goes. <laughs> Look like you put a sour patch in his mouth. I'll tell you why I share that with you. Because up until that point, all he knew was pure milk. Here's what Peter's saying in this verse. He's saying, stick with the pure, unadulterated, uncompromised word of God. Just stick with the truth that God gives you. If you would just listen to that, you'd grow. If you just depend on that, lean into that, you'd grow. So my encouragement to you is develop a taste for the word of God. Don't read it for information. You're missing something. Don't read it just so that you can pat yourself on the back and be a good little Christian. Don't do that. Read it for truth. Read it to know God, not to know about God. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5-8 through 8 says, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you. That if this is where you are, where you're saying, you know what, I want to go deeper. I want to get past this superficial state. I don't want to live amongst rocks any longer. I want to grow some roots. I want to spread some branches. I want to produce some fruit. If that's where you are, keep going. Because what we see here is that faith is progressive. It grows. As you listen, as you apply, as you do what the Word says, as you incorporate it into your mindsets, as it becomes the filter by which you approach life. It changes everything. These glasses right here, when I take them off, it's a different world. (laughs) Like the Word of God, when they become, when the Word of God becomes the means by which I look out, 
everything changes. Everything changes. The next seed, and we're wrapping up here, is the seed among the thorns. These seeds are those that land among thorns. They have the ability to grow. But as they do, the life is choked out of them because of the thorns among them. Like these seeds, God's word can and will bring about growth in your life in the midst of everything that conflicts with your love for him. Do not miss this point. You can love God and love something else and grow, but only to a certain extent. Michael, come here for a minute. So here's the picture that Jesus depicts. The word of God is sown. Michael receives it. He's starting to grow. But then there comes a point where he begins to face thorns. And Jesus, in his explanation of these thorns, says they are the desires that we have. The accolades we crave, the things that we perceive are good and we need from people, from places, from things. But these things conflict with God in your life. They conflict with the truth. They conflict with your ability to listen. It looks like politics. It looks like people. It looks like relationships. It looks like things that you get involved in. And all these things have the appearance of good. But eventually, watch what happens. As you begin to grow up and you begin to encounter these thorns, these thorns come and they begin to embrace you. And they go, Michael, oh, I love you, oh. And then all of a sudden they begin to just, oh, and Michael said, oh, I feel so loved. I feel so important. Oh, I don't want to leave this place. But eventually they begin to squeeze the life out of you. (laughs) Listen, and here's the thing. Not only are they embracing you, but you're embracing them. And watch what the scripture declares. Those desires, thank you, Michael. Give it up for Michael. Those desires, those beliefs, those thoughts, those things that conflict with the truth that God is revealing to you, that you're hearing, that are causing you to grow, all of a sudden you come to a crossing point. It's a crossroads and it's a place of decision and you have to decide, will I embrace these things? Will I allow these things in my life? Or will I choose God, choose the truth, and go his way because it's a better way for me? Listen to the words of Jesus in John 15, verses 1 through 4. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. In other words, because of the word in your heart, the one you've listened to. He says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Put up verse 1 again, please. I want you to see something that Jesus says, I am the true vine. You know what that tells us? That there's also a false one. Now here's a question. 
to consider for yourself in light of the truth in God's word. Are you drawing from a personal and real, a life-giving relationship with Jesus? Or are you in cahoots and in relationship with vines that present an appearance of truth? They, they, they offer you great promise. Man, they look good, they smell good, they taste good. It is good, but it's not God. God, it's a lie. It's a lie. 1 Corinthians 15, 33 and 34 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Watch this. Be sober-minded. That just simply means wake up. Be sensible. Get woke. Wake up from your spiritual stupor. As you ought, and stop sinning, for some of you have no knowledge of God. You are disgracefully ignorant of Him and ignorant of His truths. I say this to your shame, He says. He's talking to the Corinthians here. Be careful what you attach yourself to in this life. It could be the very thing that destroys your ability to hear God and live a fruitful life according to His power. The last seed is a seed on good ground. These are the seeds sown in a ground that's nurtured, that's tended, that's ready, that's able and willing and available to receive the seed sown in it. The Bible talks in Acts chapter 17 of a people known as the Bereans. And scripture declares that this guy, Paul, sent by God, he was on one of his missions trips. He's basically going around and just teaching people about Jesus, introducing them to God. And great things are happening. And he goes to this place, this place called Thessalonica, and they try to kill him. They are intent on destroying him. So the disciples there, they decide, you know, we've got to get this guy, Paul, out of here, and we're going to send him somewhere else. And they send him to this place, Berea. But we learn something about the seed sown in good ground here from the lives of these people. In verse 10 of Acts chapter 17 through 12, it says that as soon as it was night, the believers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. And on arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now, the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica. In other words, there was something within them that was commendable, that was willing to embrace what they were taught. And it says, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. As a result, many of them believed, as did also a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. Listen, these people proved to be good ground. God was able to do amazing things in them. These people grew. But the reason why is because, number one, they were eager in receiving the word of God. That word eager there in the Greek means that they, there was a readiness, there was an openness of mind and heart. These people examined the scriptures. They didn't go by what pastor said. I strongly encourage you, do not trust what I tell you. I encourage you, you go and get a personal relationship with God. I can't be your God. Nor do I want to be. 
And so they examined the scriptures, the scripture says. The word examine there means to investigate. They asked questions. And as a result, they were able to discern. And lastly, they believed. That word believe there speaks of confidence as one to whom something has been committed to with trust. These people were confident in the truth that they personally gleaned as they listened to God. They listened. Today, as we stand here and we close, I want to sum up today by simply saying this, by asking you a question. I want you to do me a favor. I know for some of us, we have our own concerns about Newburgh, but you can close your eyes. You're safe. You're good. This is a great city. And God's doing great things right here. Right here among us too. But I want you to take a personal moment with God. And I want you to answer this question for yourself. Are you listening to God. Are you listening? Because he's speaking. And he's not speaking to you as a father nagging you and beating you down or condemning you or telling you how wrong you are. No, 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 no. God is speaking to you for the purpose of you partaking with him in a great harvest. He doesn't just want you to be fruitful. He wants you to enjoy the fruit of the vine. I want you to hear the words of God in Proverbs 4, 22 through 23. And I don't want you, I want you to go past hearing. Go past my voice. And I want you to close your eyes and lock in with God and listen to God's heart and what he's speaking to you and I. Proverbs 4, verse 20, he says, my son, my daughter, my child, my beloved one, my chosen my precious, my very own child. He says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. In other words, draw close. Do not let these words of mine depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. They are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. Right there, right now, with your eyes closed, as you lean into God, as you give attention to his words, as you incline and draw near, I want you to see something that God the Father, God your Father, God who loves you, says, listen to me. Because if you would just listen to me, you'd find the healing that you so crave and you need. You'd find sustenance and provision because you're not, you're not seeking my provision, but you're seeking me as your provider. You want me and only me. I believe that right now there's breakthrough happening for some of you. I believe that right now there are decisions being made. 
I believe that you came here and you are cross, at a crossroads and you're face to face with God and you're hearing his voice and he's saying to you, just listen to me. Don't listen to a man. Don't listen to a friend. Don't listen to people. Don't be moved by the trends. Don't go by people's opinions on social media. Don't compare yourself to another. Just look to me. I'm your mirror and as you look to me, you will see your very best because it's my image in you that I want you to discover. It's my love for you. Listen. Listen to me. It's time to get past the superficial stuff. You don't need no rocks. You need me. You don't need no thorns. They're choking you. You're gasping for air. You're trying to make it day by day. You're tired. You're weary. And you're saying, God, where are you? He's saying, just let go of the thorns. Because they can only hold you as tight as you hold them. Let go. Let go. Be free. Know me. Know my word. Know my truth. Know my plan and purposes for your life. Be free. Right here, right now. Make that decision. Talk to God. And just tell him where you are and just say, God, I'm listening. I'm open. It's very possible that there's someone here today with us. And man, you've been gasping for life. You're tired of all the fake superficial stuff. And what you're hearing, whether you're here or you're watching us online, what you're hearing is that there's a deeper place, a place where you grow, a place where you can enjoy fruit, a place where you're free, a place where you can spread out and experience new and greater life, a place of change. And today you're listening. You realize you need God If you realize that, then here's what you need to know. That before you could ever prioritize God or choose God or listen to God, God listened to your need. He saw your brokenness. He saw the issue of sin. He wasn't looking at the things you did. He was looking at the nature you held, who you were apart from him. And so he said, because you can't pay the price, I'll come as a man and I will pay it for you. So that that way you don't have a receipt hanging over your life anymore. You don't have to deal with guilt. You don't have to deal with shame. You can be free to be in relationship with me. And to know true life. He so loved you that he gave his one and only son. That if you just simply believe in him. Not in your rituals. Not in your rites. Not in your religious activity. Not in what you've been told or what you've been conditioned to. Just him. If you would believe in him. He says, no longer will you perish and wither away. No, you'll have eternal life. If you believe that, I want you to pray that with confidence with us. Hey, maybe, maybe you've known God at some point, or maybe you thought you knew God, and you know, maybe you, you've known God in some versions of God, but today you're seeing that there's a deeper place, and you're saying, man, I'm turning back to that. I need this in my life. And pray this with us as well. Let's say this together. Say, Jesus, I believe you are the true vine. 
and in you I have life. I believe that you died and you rose again. I believe that you paid the price for me because you love me. Today I declare you're the son of God. You're my salvation. You're my Lord. And from this day forward, I'm trusting you. I'm setting roots in you. And I'm growing. And I'm maturing. And I'm stepping into my best life with you. In Jesus' name. Come on, if you prayed that, we're celebrating all over this place. Life change. Don't leave here without telling somebody your story and what God is doing. God, we thank you for all you've done, the truth of your word, and we celebrate Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great weekend. We'll see you again next Sunday. Hey, friends and family. Thanks again so much for checking out our weekly sermon podcast. We pray that God spoke to you directly through this message. And if he did, we want to know. Send us a message on Facebook or Instagram. You can even give us a call at the office to let us know how God spoke to you. Don't forget to also share this message with a friend, a co-worker. Share it on your social media stories. You never know who in your life may be blessed by this word. Thank you again for checking out our weekly sermon podcast. And we'll see you next week.